Welcome to Dropping at the Movies. I'm Jose. I'm Mike. And we've uh, just been to see Lady Bird. Yes. Greta Gerwig's film. And we've not only seen it, but we've seen it at the Everyman Cinema, which is the first time I've been there. A word on the Everyman? Um, I didn't like it. I thought it was very expensive. Uh, I suppose if you're going on a date, you can get a drink and you have sofas for two, and they are very comfortable. So, you know, it's probably a great date place. But as a place to see movies, I didn't appreciate it much. I thought it was very expensive. It's twice as expensive as any other place to see movies. And the screen is small. Uh, um, uh, we were in screen one, which was kind of small, but I, I, I thought actually there was a sort of, I don't know, intimacy to it. I, I kind of I liked it, but I mean, you wouldn't want to see Dunkirk there. But um, uh, it, the price is, is the factor that affects everything. Like, actually, I think it's a really nice building, actually. It's really nicely kind of put together. They put loads of work into the way it looks and the way it feels. It's got a kind of sort of 50s, 60s sort of dinery kind of bar aspect to it. I think actually, I imagine when it's busy, it's probably great. But it's just too expensive. We couldn't see we couldn't see every film there. It's £15 a ticket, basically. Mm. Um, you know, we'd go broke if, yes. uh, if we tried to see everything there. I mean, that's about as much as we pay for Cineworld for the month. Exactly. You know, and we can see anything we want as often as we want. But so, probably for special occasions, I imagine it's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm not... Well, I suppose I'm old-fashioned, you know? Like, I, I don't care about those things, really. So long as the film looks great, everything else to me is secondary, though I, I realise I'm in the minority in that, and other people will probably enjoy it very much. No, no, you mean, I just think, like, it's a slightly different thing. Uh, the, the projection was great. Despite mm. the fact the screen itself was kind of small and kind of far away, uh, the quality of the projection was fantastic. Yes. Um, so, no, that's true. So, anyway, horses for courses, but not for me. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the film? Uh, I was a bit shaken on it for a long time, and I started to like it a lot more towards the end. So obviously, spoilers will be coming up. Yes. It's a story about this um, girl who's 17, played by Saoirse Ronan. She's in a Catholic high school in Sacramento in California. Uh, it sucks. She doesn't like it. Um, she's slightly rebellious. Um, her family is uh, pretty poor. Her mother works a couple of jobs. Her dad's kind of struggling for work. Um, but I wouldn't say pretty poor. It's like, it's on the lower end of middle class, but firmly middle class. Right, okay. Uh, the other side of the tracks, as they say in, in the Her film. father has an MA, and her mother's a professional psychiatric nurse. So. Yeah, sure. No, sure. Um, uh, but she does seem to be on the poorer side of everyone around her. Sure. Um, who are, who are rather, rather more privileged. Um she dreams of getting out, you know, the kind of typical teenage mm. thing. She wants to leave. She wants to see the world. She wants to. Uh, she wants to go to New York or, or, or the, well, she wants to go to the East Coast, places with culture and places that are different. It's set in two thousand and two, uh, and she and so it's it's a kind of a hangout movie, right? It's sort of it's it's growing up. It's coming of age. It's being a teenage. It's it's similar in some ways to Calling by Your Name. Um, it has the same kind of feel in some respects of that kind of uh, that. That experience of being a teenager that you can't recapture. Mm. And um, Timothy Chalamet is in it as well. Timothy Chalamet, yeah. Uh, he has a, a, a smaller role in this, so he's, obviously he's not the main character. Um, he plays a, a boyfriend of uh, of Christine who calls herself Lady Bird. And there's this kind of, there's this tension in the film of, 
of she wants to call herself Ladybird. Her mother sometimes accepts it, sometimes doesn't. Mm. Um, and it culminates in these beautiful letters, which you just see snatches of towards the end. Where so, uh, Ladybird has been successful in applying to a college uh, in New York. People around her have very low expectations of her, but she's on the wait list and she manages to get in with a dad's help, with some financial mm. uh, aid. They're able to to send her there. And her mother is incredibly conflicted about this. Her mother, well, she's lied to her mother about it um, because she knows she won't approve. Mm. And also she finds out. Uh, and you see her mother writing these letters, scrunching up paper into balls and throwing them away because she's, she's not satisfied with what she's writing. Mm. Uh, and her dad salvages them uh, and and gives them sort of surreptitiously mm. to Lady Bird and she discovers them in her bag when she gets to New York and and there's these be- beautiful letters and, and some of them she calls her Lady Bird and some of them she calls her Christine and she's trying to get her thoughts out. Mm. I'd love to go back and freeze frame those letters, you know. Mm. I want to read all of them. I want to see what her mum says to her because mm. the tension, the, the relationship between the mother and the daughter is really central to the mm. film. I think actually better than I, Tonya. And I think that Laurie Metcalf, who plays the mother in this, is more deserving of the Oscar, I think, than Alison Janney. I, I don't agree. Um, I thought she was unrecognisable, actually. I kind of, I also wondered what work she had done because, you know, I've known her my whole life from uh, Roseanne. And I couldn't, if it, wouldn't, it, was, if it wasn't for her voice, I wouldn't have recognised her. Roseanne was 20, 25 years ago. Or more. I, I wouldn't have recognised her, you know. And she doesn't look 20, 25 years or more old. Uh, um, I kind of, um, yeah, I, I... But with regards to how she looks, what about performance? Which is, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's a very good performance. I mean, it was one of those things where I was just so disconcerted by Laurie Metcalf not looking like Laurie Metcalf <laughs> that, you know, I, I was... I, it was only the voice that anchored me, right? The voice is exactly the same. And so I think I was kind of, you know, mostly paying attention to that voice. Okay. Uh, um, You know, and she's clearly had a lot of work done. I mean, not in a Cher sense where, you know, everything seems reconstructed to make her look like Cher, you know, but her skin is is very smooth, you know, and she just doesn't look like Laurie Metcalf. I was just very kind of distracted, really. Okay. so, I mean, to me, the film is um, the greatest disappointment of the year. Okay. Yeah, or because it has been so hyped, right? It's kind of, it's been nominated for Oscars and so on. And I think it's, it's a very likable film. It's a very endearing film. Yeah. You know, but it's like a little film, right? It's kind of, you know, it's something that, you know, it's a small indie film that in normal years, you know, would have kind of got a few fans at some festival or something and then kind of been released on Netflix and so on. But, you know, kind of this is one of the must-see films of the year and I don't think it lives up to that billing. Uh, well, it's, is that its fault? I mean, it, it can't be responsible for its own hype. Okay, you're <laughs> right. But, you so I'm just describing... But, but I appreciate what you mean. I, I agree to an extent... Um, uh, although I, actually I found, I found it more disappointing towards the start when I thought oh is this kind of it but actually it grew on me quite a lot yes um, and by the end I was, I was really I was with it well I, I wasn't and mm. so what I liked was the performances of the three teenagers 
um, which three? There's quite a few in it. The Shorshi Shorshi Ronan. Ronan, the uh, the young boy who plays the gay boy, who uh, was also in Manchester by the Sea, and Three Billboards. Uh, right, so he's having quite a year, just like Timothy Chalamet, actually. I think it's Lucas Hedges. That's right. So you know. Uh, um, I loved those three performances. I thought they were wonderful. Um, and, and, and I liked the whole mother-daughter dynamic. And, you know, I did like the world presented and so on. It's just visually the film is a nothing, right? Oh, if, I don't agree with that. Oh, I, well, explain then. Well, I don't think it's, it's uh, hugely special, but I think it's um, visually it has a real sense of style and clarity. Yeah. I, I don't agree. Okay. I mean, I thought it was it was shot like a cheap TV movie, basically. Like, you know, everything is in close-up or near it, uh, or in two-shot. Uh, uh, you know, the camera wasn't expressive at all. You know, the uh, uh, setting and clothes were descriptive. Uh, it's a way of indicating that, you know, these are where these people are from, and they're, you know, but kind mm. of, you know, nothing else. Um, you know, it's a writer's film. And I think, you know, as a writer's film, it's quite good. And what I love most about it and what is most unusual, and I think why it's been praised as much as it has, is that the focus of the story is a mother-daughter relationship done by a woman, you know. Um, And that is deserving of praise. And it is certainly unusual, right? So it's something that you, you... that I would want, I would like people to see, right? It's kind of, uh, um, it is kind of voices that are not often heard or seen in cinema. Uh, so all of that I would agree with. But I think the film has been overhyped. Yeah, that's true. But I think let's not go, let's not bang on about about the hype because I think that's. That's external, that's kind of a distraction, like... Well, true, okay, you know, but we are kind of, in a way, discussing, the, the I suppose, the film's merits, and, yeah. and one of the things that we want with it is, you know, well, what I would like is to get people to see it, but, you know, to get people to see it with more realistic expectations. Sure. No, I appreciate that. I, I like, um, I think, thinking about it visually, like, I'm not sure that I want a film like this to be kind of screaming with the camera of like about about using the camera to express so much like sometimes it's I, I want to be able to well like I say it's a hangout movie I want to be able to hang out with the characters in a film like this and I don't think I think actually it's possible for direction to get in the way of that sometimes if you're if you're overusing the camera if you see what I mean like well I do see what you mean but on like the having, other hand- a, having a two shot having things just kind of staged quite simply allows allows other things to express it allows the writing to express itself as you suggest I, I think the editing is really good actually this is something I was thinking about during the film that um it doesn't it doesn't actually over sort of it doesn't draw attention to itself too much uh but there are these kind of montages uh I think I think montages would be drawing attention to themselves if they had music underneath but they don't so it's just like they're more kind of scene setting montages of like life at school or mm. during the play um where it's 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 shots, uh, kind of quite quickly following one after another. There's a real snappiness to the editing. I think actually it's really brilliantly edited. Okay, to give you a sense of pace and and and, and place. Yes. Um, I don't know. I was disappointed. Um, 
I mean, kind of. I was disappointed with the school thing. Um, like the whole, there's, it's set in a kind of a Catholic private school, hmm. which the parents can barely afford. Uh, you know, there's the usual stuff with the nuns, but you know, and the priests. But I've seen more humor, kind of, in other films. You know, kind of hmm. uh, Haley Mills, The Trouble with Angels, or things like that. I mean, there's a whole tradition of them. I kind of that didn't particularly strike me. I thought some things could have been rendered more complex and more poetic. Really, you know the, you know the her 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 um, first sexual experience, which you know kind of uh, uh, some people wouldn't describe as one. So there's the whole thing about you know she thinks that you know her her the the object of her affections is a virgin and he turns out not to be and her whole idea is that they're going to lose their virginity at the same time, you know, but A, he comes too quickly and B, you know, he, she's not the first. Um, and you also get the sense that there's no penetration or anything like that. So, the, you know, there's a whole thing about how you describe, you know. Did you get a sense of that? I thought that was quite clear. Ah, okay, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe, maybe. I mean... Yeah, I mean that that was that seems to be sort of the point. Like you, you get a moment, obviously you don't see anything. It's all under the covers and everything. It's a there's this kind of moment of pause when I you know it happens, oh, and uh, then like four seconds later he comes. Ah, okay. Well, I missed that. You see. Yeah. So that you know. Blink and you miss it. Well, blink and you miss <laughs> it. Because <laughs> uh, that's why it was then a big deal. Like this was her losing her virginity. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Kind of. I think in a way it's a film. That's kind of politically correct in the sense that the focus is on the mother-daughter relationship. The focus is also on relationships amongst women, right? So she ends up going to her prom with a girl, you know. Um, the, her first boyfriend is gay, but, you know, she doesn't rat him out and they end up being good friends. It's kind of like, you know, all, all the things that you'd like it to be, but really... It has no poetry. I think it's possible to look at it like that. I think it's possible to look at it that way, but actually I think it's um it's it's interesting to me because it's it's kind of a female perspective on tropes that you often see portrayed as male things in films like this. Yeah. Losing your virginity and going to the prom. These are done from the from the guy's perspective and they're very often just about sex and sex yes. equals growing up. Um and sex in this is kind of it's important to her to sort of it or it's a, it's important to her to get it right to an extent, but actually I think when she loses her virginity and then she's upset, she's upset because she feels she's been lied to, that she wasn't the first. She's not upset about the sex being rubbish. Mm. Um, it's not important to her in that way. It's not as important to her in that way, at mm. least at that moment. Uh, going to the prom with her friend is like, it's not It's not about sort of uh, making a kind of feminist case. It's, it's, it's because she's ditching the guys who she realises are really not the people she wants to be with. Mm. She wants to go back to, you know, her, her best friend is a girl that she's, she's very tight with at the start of the film and she drifts away from and that's about you know, coming back to realising who really matters to her. Mm. Um, I, I think kind of... So I, I really I really like that kind of... It does feel orig, original to me like that. Maybe I haven't okay. seen enough teen movies, maybe I haven't seen enough feminist movies, but kind of it felt original to me in the way it was it was just shifting the perspective in this sort of coming-of-age teen movie. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I was I was underwhelmed. Yeah, um, I didn't dislike it. You know, I, I in fact I I quite liked it, uh, and I thought the young performers were wonderful, but I, I was I was quite underwhelmed. I tell you what else I like thinking about it is, so her first boyfriend, the uh, the 
what was his name again? Lucas Lucas Hedges. Mm. Uh, turns out to be gay, so she's going out with him, and they don't do anything. There's this thing where they the a bit where they're lying in a in a meadow or in a field, um, and it's quite romantic. And they're under the stars, it's very romantic actually. And uh, and she says, "You can touch my boobs if you want." And he says, oh, "I don't want to do that. I've got too much respect for you." Which actually, like to me, that's not a pointer that he's gay. Like that's a point really that he's just scared of women. I don't think it's like he may not be sort of kind of concrete in his head at that point that he's gay. It's just kind of he's growing up too. I thought when I um, saw that, I thought, "What weird American religious shit is this?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a bit of that as well. Um, but then uh, and. Uh, then in a party, they go into the men's lose because the girls' lose has got a huge uh, uh, queue. Uh, and they bust into a cubicle and, and he's in there making out with a guy. <gasps> oh my God. And it kind of, uh, it's it's crazy. Um, and she's upset with him. and she, she stops coming to the play and she doesn't want to see him anymore. And then she happens to see him a little bit later. Uh, and he's terrified of his parents finding out. Mm. He's terrified of dad finding out that he's gay. And he wants to apologise to her. And she's initially reluctant to accept his apology and to speak to him but then she comforts him she takes him in in her arms and so I actually that, that was very sweet i don't think i've really seen that before that was very sweet i think i have I, you know i, I couldn't oh. point to it but you know the trope of having like a young heterosexual girl and mm. a gay best friend is you know sure but it was, that, it was that thing of forgiveness like like she, she can forgive him for for having let for, her on, right? Yeah. Exactly. No, I get that, and I like that very much. And I mean, there are many things that, that in a way that I liked in a in a quite a low key way. I you know I love the relationship with the father. Yeah. You know, I kind Tracy of Letts. I love that the father gets unemployed, and then you know his twenty two year old son or whatever gets a job over him at the same company. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's kind of it's got a lot of deft touches. But I do think that they're mostly kind of on, you know, from from the pers- from the perspective of writing, and I do think that there are in- other entire di- other dimensions of cinema that the film doesn't even know to aspire to. That may be the case. What do you what do you make of the ending? I thought it dragged on for too long. You know, I, I wish it would have ended at the airport with the mother, you know, and then she ends up in New York and then she finds the letters. And, you know, it seems to go on for quite a lot longer than I thought it would. I like the ending quite a lot because I thought when she goes off to New York, that was going to be the ending and it felt like an ending. And it felt like this thing of, uh, uh, again, that felt like something I would have seen before, sort of, uh, you know, they finally get out of where they were and there's a whole bright new future ahead of them because mm. they've achieved their dream. Uh, but then it adds... Uh, the film goes on for a little bit and says, well, this is what life in New York is actually like. And she has experiences which are unsatisfactory. So she, she has an experience at a party which mirrors quite a few things that you've seen in the, in the film already that happened in Sacramento where she wasn't happy with her life. Mm. But it was just kind of, it actually makes you realise that life back then was kind of romantic. When people stole kisses from each other, mm. it was reciprocated and it was wanted. Whereas in here, it's a drunk guy at a party who doesn't relate to her at all. Mm. Um, you know, he, he says, where are you from? She says, Sacramento. He says, where's that? And she she goes, uh, San Francisco, which earlier in the film, there's been this, this thing of San, Sacramento is not San Francisco. Mm. You know, but but in New York, it doesn't matter to this guy. Yes. She, she gets drunk. She ends up in hospital. Um, and, and so, you, and I really like that. Like this kind of, oh, okay, so it's not, 
quite what I thought he would be. Mm. And then she ends up with this apologetic, conciliatory phone call to her mother. Yes. Uh, that phone call I liked. Which is the very, very end of the film. That's right. But, you know, I just wish it would have come earlier. Mm. It's only an hour and a half long film. Did it feel long to you? It did. Um. Mm. Uh, I mean, I having now seen the film, I think it's it's. I mean, it's gotten so much praise. It's nominated for an Academy Award. Is it? Has it been nominated? It's for nominated best film? for one or two. Um, yes, it's nominated for best film. Yeah, I don't think it deserves it. No. I mean, I think it's a very minor film. I think it's a film. That, you know, in another... Con- I mean, all the things that you say are great are great. It's great to have a, a female director on a mother-daughter relationship. I didn't know. say that. Okay, well, I'll say <laughs> that. Okay. Everyone else has said that. Uh, on a mother-daughter relationship. And, you know, all from the girl's point of view. Um, you know, on this high school period and this quest for identity and this finding of sexuality and so on. I mean, you know, there's nothing that I really dislike about it. Um but I just don't think it's good enough. I mean, I think it's a first work, you know, by a young female director that has benefited from all the Me Too movement, you know, the revelations of other disparities in, salary, in salaries, the embarrassment of the Academy for not having more female uh, uh, filmmakers. You know, but if you look at something like Detroit, you know, and, and you just look at, you know, what Catherine Bigelow does there, which is just, you know, such such a great use of the medium. Hmm. And then you compare it to this. This feels like a very minor work. And that's... Uh, so let's look at the Oscars that it is nominated for. So it's, it's nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I think we're both in agreement that it's uh, not deserving of Best Picture. But having said that, it's it's uh, I'd say it's as deserving of a nomination, if not more so, than some of the other nominees. Well, um, looking at The Post or uh, Get Out or certainly Darkest Hour, I think it ranks... I think it's fair to place it alongside those. I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, I think, you know... You think it's worse than Darkest Hour? I do, though, you know, I'm no fan of Darkest <laughs> Hour. You know, but at least it was kind of an attempt to kind of create a look with it, you know, and to be expressive with that look. And, you know, I do think that the interrelationship between um, Gary Oldman and Kirsten Scott Thomas was was wonderful. So, you know, I also think it's a minor film undeserving of an Academy Award, but I do actually think that, I mean, this is fresher and more interesting. Lady Bird is, is fresher, more interesting than the, the Darkest Hour. But I just think The Darkest Hour is a more accomplished film. Okay. I don't think it just comes down to sort of the look. I, I understand your, your reticence to, to, to praise it for anything along those lines, but there's a kind of deftness of touch and lightness and a control of tone in this film, which I think you're... Being a little unfair to... No, no, I, I would grant you that. I, yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, you know, it's just... It's very interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you're seeing, like, Woody Allen's films, which are much more deft with tone and so on, and kind of, you know, and imaginative and kind of experimenting with form and whatever, and they're being decried as, oh, he always does the same thing, and it's <laughs> of no value whatsoever. And then you have a, a really basic film that is distinguished by some fresh writing and some very good performances. That's, mm. I would say that's its only claim to achievements. Mm. And that is being kind of, you know, braced to the sky. So, you know, uh, my feeling would be, well, congratulations, Greta Gerwig, but you better learn some more before you do your next <laughs> film. Let's, have, let's quickly go through the other four nominations it has. So Best Director, 
uh, uh, Greta Gerwig's nominated alongside Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Guillermo del Toro. I think. I mean, I think they're actually there are omissions from that list. Frankly, yeah. quite, I mean, didn't even know. You know. Yeah. Um, and Catherine Bigelow. And Catherine Bigelow. Um, uh, Best Actress nomination for Saoirse Ronan as Lady Bird. Oh, she deserves it. You think she deserves the nomination or the award? Um, I think she deserves the nomination. Yeah. She is great. I had trouble with her at the start because I thought she just looks 25 years old. Yes. Which I, is normally not a problem for me. Like, every film about teenagers, everyone is 25 years old or above yeah. playing Except kids. that the young boys do look like 17 or 18 and right. she does look she slightly looks, older. She, she looks... Not much older. older. But, but then, it, you know, I kind of... I, I, she won me I got, over. I got into... Yes, exactly. I got into that. Um, what else is there? Um... Best Supporting Actress, Laurie Metcalf as Lady Bird. You've, you've already expressed your disappointment that she doesn't look like herself. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and in any case, uh, I would say Leslie Manville or um, the actress's name from I, Tonya. Alison Janney. Yeah. You know, deserve it much more. Um, best Original Screenplay. I, I think that deserves a nomination, yes. It's nominated alongside The Big Sick, Get Out, The Shape of Water and Three Billboards. I, I think it deserves to be there. Do you think it deserves to win? Uh, no. So. so, a disappointment for you? Yes. I mean, you know, I would urge people to see it. I do think it's kind of... It's, it's a lovely, gentle, original voice in the cinema, and it's worth seeing for that reason. Um... But you'll, I think you'll enjoy it more if you don't go in with any unreasonable expectations. Yeah, sure. The hype does appear to have played a part with you. It does. Um, I'm afraid so. And actually, I haven't read any reviews or anything about it. No, it's no, just, no, no. You know, like... I mean, I, I suppose... It like seeps into you, I guess. The, the, the hype that I think we probably both experienced was of... The awards, uh, uh, you know, people saying, "Oh, it's it's great that it's nominated for such such awards, and it should be winning this and the other." In fact, particularly at the Golden Globe, people were saying, "Why is it nominated here and not here?" Yes, I can't remember exactly what it was. Was it was it was it? I think maybe it was it was nominated for best picture, but she wasn't. Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for best director. I think I don't know like that. People were making quite a fuss about it. I think there's an issue of screeners in these nominations, right? Because what happens is people get the screener. You know, they see it on a TV or on a laptop. And actually, you know, seeing it like that really does privilege the screenplay and dialogue, you know. And uh, um, movies that are filmed in close-ups to medium close-ups with, you know, very sparse use of, of long shots. Hmm. And actually, this is just that kind of movie. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. But I, don't, I, I, I think it's unfair to suggest it's... It's being shot televisually. I think it is cinematic. It's how not, so? Why do you say well, that? Well, it, it feels right on a cinema screen. I don't know how else to put it. Like a, It would be watchable, perfectly watchable on TV, and that would privilege the writing, but um, it it did feel like... It felt like being kind of invited into the world of Sacramento and the world of, of Lady Bird sort of, sort of viscerally. Um, and like I said, that's not kind of... It's not down to a hugely expressive camera or anything like that, but but there are certain. It's there's not a, there's a certain care. Expressive. It's almost inexpressive. There's a certain care that's been taken, though, I think, with the with the construction of the images. You know, whether you think they're expressive or not is one thing, but I think they're quite deliberate. Like they've been, I think the care has been taken over them. I think um, care has been taken 
with the performances and with the dialogue. And it's one of those films in which all the rest of the audiovisual means is just a, a way of capturing that performance and that dialogue mm. rather than adding a layer of expression. Mm. Well, like I say, I think it's, it sits alongside something like Dazed and Confused, as a kind of, which I, I think is equally kind of unexpressive, really. It's, I found more so, but people have no problem with that as a kind of classic well, teenage hangout movie. It's about 25 years since I've seen it, so I can't comment. No, sure. But um, I think I think it's sort of it's it's comparable to something like that. I don't think it's okay, um, well. Um, you know, I look at it. It's on movie at the moment. So is it? yeah. So I'll I might look at it later tonight. You love movie. I love movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so um, final verdict. Well, final verdict for me. I I actually really enjoyed it after a little while. I got into it, and I think it has some twists on 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 teen movies of this nature that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed it in some respects more than Calling by Your Name, which made me hate uh, children. <laughs> I kind of felt like I understood the characters, and I think that I think the the family relationships um, are interesting and, and well portrayed. And and I think you're absolutely right to say that a lot of that comes down to the writing. Most of that comes down to the writing mm. and performance. But um, I don't think that's a huge problem necessarily. I don't think every film has to be screaming expression with the camera. Yes, I do. Uh, so okay, well. Um, I would still urge you to see it if you've got a chance, yeah. actually. I think in a film like this, the director can actually get in the way of the film sometimes. Could possibly. Uh, anyway, she hasn't uh, uh, gotten in the way of uh, her own screenplay. Um, I nonetheless think that this is a film that wouldn't lose very much by being seen on TV. That's certainly true. So, uh, we urge you to see it, but if you don't see it at the cinema, it'll crop <laughs> up you know, soon on Netflix or the like. That's line. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right.